Running a successful business doesn't happen by accident. It takes planning, lots of planning. From budgets to execution to measuring your results, you have to know what you want before you go after it. I love it when a plan comes together. It's time to build your brand. Welcome to Build Your Brand, I'm Joe Barnhart. Everyone knows the old adage, failing to plan is planning to fail. And since failure isn't what most people are planning, knowing what's next for your business is critical. Today we're going to talk about business planning, the steps involved, and the importance of taking the time to do it right. Joining us is Brandon Mulcahy, Franchise Consulting Manager at Two Men in a Truck, and Nathan Bocock, a franchise business owner of Two Men in a Truck locations across the South and East. Welcome both of you to the program. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Before we get into the topic, Nathan, let's get some background. Why did you want to own your own business, and what drew you to Two Men in a Truck? I think there's a creative bone in me that enjoys building something and creating something. And um, when I was in the insurance business, when I, when I got out of college, it was fulfilling, but I knew there was something missing there. And I kind of wanted to be more in control of my career and kind of my future. Um, and also enjoyed collaboration and working with people. So I knew this was a way that I could kind of accomplish both of those. Um, so that's what led me to get into Two Men in a Truck. I knew the brand was strong. Um, and I don't know that it would have necessarily mattered what brand I picked. Um, from my approach, I would have probably worked as hard no matter what or would have tried to. But the fact that Two Men in a Truck is such a, a stable and trustworthy brand just made it all the better. Sure, excellent. We've uh, the, the moving season, uh, of course, summer is the busy time for that. Brandon, how did the how did Two Men in a Truck do overall as a system over the past few months? Yeah, over the past few months have been a, a I think a huge success. You know, if you just look at the number, two percent growth doesn't sound great, but when you kind of go dive into the economy with our low housing market numbers and just the struggle that that's been and that's caused, and then also with low unemployment you really end up it's hard to find labor and it's hard you know and also hard to find sales but over the summer we've actually grown our market share within the you know the sector and and we're when you look at our competitors their numbers have been falling their employee counts have been falling so they're starting to really get smaller and we we continue to grow even in a tough economy and so that's been really cool and we we've got some awesome franchise partners you know nathan's had a great summer had bunch of broken records with revenue and profitability. He's got a franchise in the running for the top 14. And Nathan, just kind of how did that, how did you put all that together this year and how do you feel about your team? Yeah, I mean, I think um, some of this kind of came together at the same time. We weren't necessarily expecting some of these things to hit at the same time, but as we've gotten bigger and as we've grown, we've continued to kind of implement the same methodology. I'd say, um, in our different markets. And so I think now that we've got a, a, some years under our belt in doing that, they're all kind of getting on the train. Um, and we're seeing the same results um, in different states and different markets. So that, that's really cool because now we can say, okay, this is kind of a proven model that we can use. Um, and we're just, we're just pushing all the time. And so we're always trying to find a better way to do things and to develop and to produce. Um, and so when you're kind of in that mode all the time, um, it, you look back and y you kind of were able to accomplish a lot, or, you know, check a lot off. So. 
So, Brandon, before we went on the air here, we, we talked a little bit about what you called a reflection period. Explain for us uh, kind of what that means and how that works for franchisees. Yeah, so, you know, when you really look at our business model, we, we have, you know, really, you have your slow season and your busy season, and there's a, a small window right after busy season that you really get to sit down and figure out, like, how, where am I at for, for the year? Did I, have I hit my goals? Have I, am I executing on the things I wanted to? Because busy season comes around the corner just like that. You're, sure. You know, we're going to be right back in busy season. It's going to be 20, 2020, and we're going to be running real fast. And so it's a good time in September. Your people are, you know, they're, they're kind of winding down. Things are slowing down for them. And it's a good time just to, hey, let's sit down. Let's start asking those questions about our business and then start planning out, like, these are the projects that we've got to get right before the next busy season. Like whether it's a, hey, I've got a huge retention issue within my franchise, like what are we gonna do to solve that problem? And then create the projects because if you wait until the end of the year and set, you know, like New Year's resolutions of we're gonna have better retention, yeah. it, it you just don't have enough time to make change. Change in these business units, is, it's hard. These people, it, sometimes it takes them a while and so, this way, if you get your kind of that reflectionary period in, in September or just having those meetings, you don't have to call it a reflection period. Just, hey, let's look back at the year and see how we did. And then let's focus on the next three months, getting these things in place and really start to measure our, our projects and are we making progress so that you're not going into next busy season just failing already. You know, you want to get as far ahead because you have basically nine months from now until that next busy season to right. get anything addre- addressed that you need to. So, so Nathan, what does that look like at the, at the franchise level? What kinds of things are you starting to dig into now to plan for next year? Yeah, so um, in this reflection period theory, this is the first I've heard of this, so I'm going to go <laughs> and reflect on this reflection period. Um, and I get it. I, I would say for us, we, we're in a constant state of reflection. So we're constantly taking the temperature of our business and um, – kind of looking at where we're where we are as of today and where we're going I mean we almost do that daily and I feel like we kind of have to do that um, in order we, we've got to be agile um, to adapt to I mean the markets change overnight you know sure we're looking at that now um, and so, so we try to be agile and then the best idea wins with us you know every day every time so like if we have an idea on something and somebody's got a better idea we're gonna look at it and if it makes sense, like, we're going to go for it. Okay. And if it fails, like, we're not scared of that, you know, and we'll just, we'll, we'll try something else. Um, so, but uh, you kind of ask kind of where we are as of now. We're getting into the fall. We're going into the final four months of the year. Um, I feel it's the most crucial part of the year. Uh, the summer is, you know, th- that's the big flashy numbers sure. in, in the summer. Um, I say if you're halfway paying attention in the summer in this business, you can probably make money. Um, but when you're going into fall, fall is really hard. I, I think it's, it's harder than the summer. Uh, everybody's burnout. Leads are trending down. Home sales tick down. But you almost have to be on the gas more so than you are in the summertime. you got to work harder. You worked in the summer. Your conversion rates have to go up because um, you got less leads. So you have to spend more time with customers. You have to figure out the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. Pricing gets tricky because your competition is lowering their price. Um, we try not to follow that trend, but I mean, you've got to stay competitive you know, right. at the same time. Right. Uh, moves are running shorter. Your cubing has to adjust. So, you know, it's not as hot for your guys in the field. 
So your your moves, you're not going to make as much on a per move basis sure. um, as you did in the summertime. So that means your volume for your business has to go up. So it, it's really hard to do that. But if you want to end the year with a profitable bottom line, um, I really think fall is can make or break you. Okay. Now, I know that uh, your Wilmington market has been an interesting market for you lately. In just seven months of 2019, you eclipsed your total revenue from five years ago. Um, so that's that's some tremendous growth. Is that due to proper planning or is that due to really good execution? Well, um, it's it's due to a lot of things. Um, you know, I love the story of Wilmington. I mean, this is a market uh, where it's a coastal market that is not big at all. I mean, we really only serve about 200,000 people and it's really, really hard to grow move count there. And frankly, for household move count, we still struggle to grow that even today, even after all the growth that we've had. Um, but it really comes down to three things. We've had a really strong vision um, from day one when we kind of hit the reset button in 2012 there. We had a strong vision and we have a awesome team. Uh, we've had really low turnover on our office team, especially in the positions that matter and make an impact. Um, but the, the most, um, I, I guess the most important thing that's happened there is just the work ethic of everyone that's there. It, mm-hmm. Wilmington, the, the staff there just has a tremendous work ethic. Um, and so nobody uh, gets in a rut if something doesn't go right. Um, and, and it's everybody just presses on, you know. Um, and, we, and we go towards the vision of trying to expand into other markets outside of household goods. Um, <clears throat> going off that tangent just for a second on the, on the work ethic, do you feel that is that a, a a function of the culture that you've been able to build in that location? Is it is it feeding on itself at this point with that work ethic? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I've had any influence on anybody's work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to set an example myself, but I just think the folks that we have there, and when we were looking to build the team, like that was really important to me, is that someone was will, willing to work hard. Sure, you know. Um, and it's not all, you know, we call it butts and seats. Like, just because you're there at 530 at your desk with your butt in your seat, like, that doesn't mean that you worked hard. Right. That just means that you want everybody to leave before you so you look like you work hard. <laughs> you know, like, we try to avoid that. Like, I don't care if somebody goes early. I just, while you're there, we just want to be as productive as possible. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's a great team in Wilmington. Yeah. We, we throw around vision a lot in our in two-minute truck brand and obviously the two-minute truck brand has a vision for where we want to be and we just rewrote the 2023 vision what how did you do you guys have it written down like how do you guys uh, make sure your your group knows what the vision is for mbf or even in wilmington how do they like know how did you share that with them um you know I, i i struggle with the vision stuff meaning like i'm not great at it i in my head i can see something you know, I kind of knew where I wanted Wilmington to be in five years. I could see a new building. I could see us interacting in that building, having clients in that building, doing designer services, all of this. I'm not great at getting that on paper and selling that idea. But I think in Wilmington, the way it came to life was I kind of had this vision for a lot more storage and a lot more business revenue. And so I just kind of went out and got it. And then as we were, as I was out there selling or getting new accounts or whatever, we just kind of had to figure out a way to get it done. So I didn't necessarily have a roadmap. 
that's probably a bad way. And we're talking about planning right now. <laughs> really what I'm saying is there was no plan. No, <laughs> but, but you know, it was just, we just, and I hate to go back to just working hard, but like, that's really what it was. There was no magic there. Um, but I could see in my mind what I wanted this franchise to look like at, you know, $4 million or $5 million. And when you look back at your staff five years ago, and and you're trying to get that vision into you know get them rolling on that vision. How did they how did they take it originally? And like when did they, like it click for them? Where you I mean because you're not there every day, but they they continue to excel and they continue to exceed expectations. When did it click for them? Like this is what we're gonna do, and we're gonna continue to set records and, yeah. and move this franchise forward. Well, I think it's kind of become a joke now with our group, but like I just I have a hard time slowing down. And no, not you. <laughs> so, so I guess it's just it, it's it's kind of comical. They're just like, well, it, we have another account, or we have something else we're working on, or we're going into another market. And I think people have just kind of become used to that at this point. Um, and so they know that as soon as they get comfortable with something, like we're getting ready to work on another project. I guess. Okay. Brandon, how do how do other locations in the system approach planning? Is it's certainly Nathan's isn't unique. No, it's definitely not unique, and I, I think he's right. There are a lot of owners are taking the pulse every day, and I think what you know some others struggle with, and, and I, I think even for – it's hard to make those transitions in the middle of summer. When you lose key personnel, a GM walks on you, or, you know, uh, you know your CSRs, you know, we, we've seen it all, or three CSRs leave in, in a franchise and leaves them stranded for the summer, and there's no, sometimes there's no recovering when you, when you get into that summer, and so that's where coming out of it, and you're planning, you're rebuilding your staff, and I think a lot of them are looking at, at it from that perspective. They're, they're going through the reflection, and then they're saying, okay, we're going to fix where our issues were for our, our CSRs. We're going to find this new GM. And that's, that's step one. And then really kind of the next piece is, okay, when I get these people, this is what I want from a budget. Because if your staff is rolling and you've got a, there's a good culture and they're clicking like they are in Wilmington and, and some of Nathan's other locations, it's easy to throw into your budget. Like, I feel like we can grab 10% next year and I think we can overcome some of our bad numbers. I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of great success. But when you're going into the next year with a, um, a brand new staff, you know, and uh, very rookie managers who haven't felt the pain of summer yet. I think that's where you're, you're looking at your planning and say, okay, maybe I'm going to budget a little bit less. I'm going to focus on controlling my expenses, not letting those get out of what, out of line. And really kind of maybe if 2%, 3% growth or even flat, like that's winning, that's success for us because our staff are, is going to be a rookie staff and we know that. And I think that's where it starts to kind of you, – you start to build your budget out and, and then really kind of start to put the pieces in place uh, for that next year. And I think that's how most other locations – I think the one thing that's probably the biggest struggle uh, for owners is when they're not transparent with their numbers to their staff. They're not transparent about their plan. And I think that's kind of when you see some of the struggling franchises or you see people – run into issues it's because your your team doesn't know what you want to do and they don't know what you want to achieve and they see these goals get thrown on the board and they don't know what the plan is and so that's kind of where Nathan's talking about the vision and how important that is to set your people up for success and I know you're very transparent with your numbers and your Mm -hmm. people and I think once they know it they feel they have more ownership of it and I so if 
I think that's probably another key to business planning is like your people need to know what they have coming at them for next year. And, and once they feel like, Hey, I had a, I had my say in that plan. Mm-hmm. It feels better when they execute it versus, Hey, you need to go do this. It's kind of, I don't know. What do you think, Nathan? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you want the buy-in when everybody wins the same way, you know, or everybody loses the same way. It's really easy to get on the same page and it's really easy to motivate folks. Um, under that kind of setup, so how do you uh, how do you keep those? You've got those high level plans for for your operation. How do you kind of pare those down for individuals, like on your frontline staff, your movers, your drivers, your customer service reps, to to make sure that they understand the, their role in that plan? Yeah, we we don't do a great job of that. that that's something we're working on right now. Okay. Um, we keep things very simple. Mm-hmm. Not everybody knows maybe the full vision of what we're trying to do at a certain point sure. in time. And we do that for a reason. We kind of, it's like Samsung could probably roll out a much, much better TV than exists today, but they kind of do it in phases every six months or every year. They've got the technology to do more. I feel like we're kind of the same way. We're building kind of a management infrastructure to do more, um, but we kind of, are trying to do a little bit at a time. So, sure. so when it comes to the uh, uh, plans for our managers and things like that, one thing I definitely want to focus on next year is I want everybody to see profit at all the locations. Because mm-hmm. we, we, we say every day we want to run a great business and what that means to us is we want to take care of our customers, we want to take care of our employees, and we want to take care of the bottom line. And it's really easy for me to show them how we can take care of each other and how we can ca- take care of our customers. But it, there's a lot of education there. There's some acumen that has to exist, and I think there's some a level of responsibility when it, it comes to talking about profit, because people don't always understand what net income is or what profit is, and sure. depreciation's this mystical number that people don't get. And so we're trying to find a way um, next year to really push home net income with all our management team, and really maybe everybody in the franchise. And mm-hmm. We've been pretty open book, but we're going to get even more open book with that. Um, I just think it we can have a bigger impact on our people uh, when we do that. So. Sure. Now, obviously, you've been a business owner long enough. Not everything you've ever figured out to try has worked. Um, can you give us some examples of, of what, maybe when a plan didn't quite work out like you thought it would and, and the kind of adjustments you had to make on the fly to correct? Yeah, so every day it doesn't work out. <laughs> That's kind of the funny thing about planning. That's why I've always been um, probably on the tail end of planning. But, you know, there's just so many variables there. So much can go wrong in any given day, you know. Um, we do we do try to plan the big stuff. So we call that, we plan the macro, and then we just kind of deal with the micro as it comes, the minutiae sure. of the day, you know, Miss Brown's move, are we on time, are we not on time? And we deal with that as it comes. But, you know, we like the quote um, from the theologian Mike Tyson, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, you know. And that's that's really what happens yeah. um, in two-minute truck like every day. And, and, and we're not unique to that. I mean, that's, that's most businesses. Um, so the thing for us is, like, we just want to make wise decisions. Mm-hmm. That's our goal. You know, wisdom is to kind of know the right action to take and to make the right decision, knowing, you know, what the right thing to do is. Um, and it's it's hard because you really have to work on mindset with people. 
you have to change your mindset and you have to change their character really or find the people who have good character character that aligns with your values you know that you want i feel like two minute truck um, international has done a great job of that you know so we we work really uh, hard on that you know not to get too churchy here but you talk about proverbs and you and, and proverbs tells you about <clears throat> it doesn't tell you how to make a right decision it tells you how to become the kind of person that makes the right decisions. Sure. Um, and so, again, we work on character uh, a lot. So we have a leadership program. Um, and we're going through a book right now called Monday Morning Choices by David Cottrell. It's a super, super easy read. And anybody from frontline staff to in the office, anybody can read it and understand. And the first chapter deals with being the victim. And I love how we just get that out on the table at the beginning. You know, yep. and we deal with adversity and how to overcome that and not make it a big deal. So, um, I feel like I got on a tangent there. But. <laughs> well, that's right. do you have any like <laughs> examples of like over the last couple of years of like, hey, we were planning on X, but we got Y, and and we co- recovered this way or that way. Yeah. So we, um, I think everybody can relate to the example of a good employee at a franchise from a moving standpoint that may not be good for your culture, but they might, they might make customers really happy, right? But they're not good in the office and they're not good around the guys and there's some insubordination and some things you have to deal with there. And it's easy for us to sit in a nice air-conditioned room like this and say, well, you just need to get rid of that guy. But in the heat of the summer, when you got moves to do and you got trucks to get out, you have a, you have a choice to make. Right. You know, do we, do we send this truck out? The customer's probably gonna be happy, right? But we're making a short-term solution. We're dealing with the urgent versus dealing with what's important, which is the long-term solution, which is we're dealing with our culture, we're dealing with our morale, you know. And if we let this guy get away with something, you know, we, we, permit, we permit what we promote, I mean, really, all the time. Sure. And so we have to be careful um, as leadership what, what we allow people to do and say and act and all those things. So that, that's just something I think that can resonate with anybody listening right now is that we've all dealt with that type of employee situation and probably time and time and time again. When something's not working out, when you've got a, a plan that you're putting forward and, and it's not working out at all, it's completely going sideways, what becomes the most important thing to focus on? And you mentioned not the, you focus on the macro, not the micro, but how does that really play out in, in real world day to day? How hard is that? I mean, it's extremely hard. Um, there's not always one right answer to solve a problem. But as long as the customer's taken care of, we're taking care of our employees, and we're being mindful of our bottom line, and we're trying to run a good business. I mean, those are just the things I always want in somebody's mind when they're making a decision. And not, you know, we all make mistakes every day. We all make poor decisions every day. We call it fail forwarding. You know, it's okay that you make a bad decision. I don't care. Let's just learn from it and sure. grow from it, and let's share it with other people. Well, and we talk about it a lot. You know, we have a saying, it's, a, you know, there are plenty of people that are working hard. They're just they're not hitting their numbers and so and you know we call it you know you can work hard but you're working hard at the wrong things or you know you're getting the wrong result and that's kind of going back to planning is like okay we've spent you know three months doing you know trying to execute on you know this strategy but at the end of the day it didn't work and that's okay to like we talk about it it's okay like i'd rather have managers tell me that hey we failed than someone keep trying the same thing and it's over and over again They're like hey let's go back to the drawing board let's let's go back in there and really look and see okay this is where it was going wrong and, and this is the result you wanted but you weren't getting it right and so that's where kind of going into planning kind of make, kicks in and you you try to coach some of those managers of like 
hey, that we're not we're not attacking your work ethic. We're just saying like we didn't hit the goals, we didn't hit our our metrics, and this is how this is the shift we're going to make. We're going to pivot here, and we're going to do X, Y, and Z going forward to hopefully alleviate the results we've been getting. So along those lines, if somebody was new to the business, they're a new business owner, what are some of the things that you would counsel them, Brandon, that are more essential and some of the things that maybe are are less important from that manager, from that ownership level? You know, the first thing, if I was a brand new franchisee and I was coming in and like I want, like the advice that now, knowing what I know now that I want to make sure I was given is, you have to learn to take care of your people. If you look at the most successful people in our system, their people will go, they will run through brick walls for them. There's just a love for those owners and, and it, it's because they, they treat them like their family. And I think it, the one piece of advice, you gotta, you, as a brand new franchisee, you gotta learn to, to uh, love your, your people and, and treat them like family and, and help move their careers forward. And then the, the real second piece is kind of going back to Nathan's is, is really understanding your finances, understanding your accounting, understanding how to get to that bottom line number, not just knowing we get it. I mean, every, most business owners want profit. So I think everyone coming in <laughs> is looking for the profit, but it's how do you get to that profit? Right. And, and you know, I, I think that's really important from a, from a planning standpoint, if kind of going back to planning, I think new franchisees needed to make a decision and they need to decide if they're in this for the long game or if this is a short-term thing for them. And I think they need to know that before they move forward and buy one of these franchises. Um, and I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer there, but it does frame your mindset. Mm-hmm. And if it's a long-term strategy, um, which I'm hoping that it would be in most cases here, I think what Brandon's saying is, is hits a nail on the head with, you want to take care of your people so you can build your team, so you can grow. Um, but you've also got to create sustainability in your business with profits. And and those can happen at the same time, and they should happen at the same time. Absolutely. Um, but I, I think that's sometimes where maybe new folks misstep, is they just don't really know who they are. They're kind of, they're kind of a somebody without a country. Now, <laughs> you know, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I was there too. And, and we've had to take, especially as we've gotten larger, we've had to take a really hard look and say, what, you know, what, what are we doing this for? You know, and at the end of the day for us, this is a long-term strategy for us. You know, we, we are not building this to sell this. Um, we're building this for the next generation of ownership of leadership to come in and, and, and take over this business and run it. Um, and, and really, you know, at the end of the day, if you make a lot of money, but you never impacted anybody, like, what does that even mean? You know, I mean, there's a ton of people out there worth hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars that are miserable, you know? And so I'd rather find a way where we can impact somebody. And I feel like this brand gives us a really good um, opportunity to do that. Any final thoughts from either of you on planning, the importance of planning? Have we have we kind of touched on the main things here? Yeah, I, I really think, you know, from Nathan hit the nail on the head, it, it's, a, it's a lot about visioning. Like, you've got to know where you want your business to go. Um, it, you don't want your employees just out there generating revenue to generate revenue. I mean, it's great, but if, if you want them to stick around for the long haul, they need to know that you've got a plan and that they need to know that they have a part in your plan. And so, like, that's I think the visioning is is huge, but then also going into the budgeting process, I think, you know, that's so important to to show them, like, 
this is our vision, but the budget is this is our like GPS to get there. Like we're, we're not going to chase after something if, you know, if it's not going to be profitable, if we find we're, you know, we're, we're out there doing a certain project and turns out that it's not profitable. We, we got to stop because it goes back to taking care of the business bottom line. And so, you know, the visioning, the budgeting, those are all big key elements in pr- giving that your employees that roadmap to success. Yeah. I mean, you got to know why you're doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and you got to know where you want to go. Um, and I think business plans come in all shapes and sizes. And I think you need to use what works for you. I think if I try to take our plan and force you to use it, I've, I don't think it'd work, you know, because everybody's different. So, but the why and, and knowing where you're going, that's that's the most important thing. And then you got to keep it really simple. I mean, I, I am a, um, I'm so guilty of being so complicated and I'm trying to get better. The grasshopper is trying to learn here, you know, as the years go on. And so now I'm kind of the pendulum has swung the other way. Like I'm all about simplicity. I'm all about measurability. Um, And and I think, I mean, you got to be able to track what you're doing. Well, and based on the results from this year, I mean, simplicity seems to be working out pretty well. I think so. (laughs) We'll see. The year's not over. Oh, that's true. Final four, you know. (laughs) All right. Well, that's been a lot of great information, a lot of good stuff for our listeners. Thank you both for joining us. No, thanks for having us. Thank you. We've been talking with Brandon Mulcahy, Franchise Consulting Manager for Two Men in a Truck, and Nathan Bocock, a Two Men in a Truck franchisee. I'm Joe Barnhart, encouraging you to get out there and build your brand. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the presenters and do not necessarily represent the views of Two Men in a Truck International Incorporated.